Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from Stonehaven Dental, the West Valley location, 4577 South, 40th West. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix for your daily assist coming up here momentarily. And, uh, Gordon, I, for one, I'm glad we kind of have uh, a series to talk about. It was looking for a minute like the Lakers might dominate, but, man, a, a superhero performance from Jimmy Butler, and the Heat are still alive. Yeah, after the Lakers won game two, I thought, okay, that's uh, because, you know, you thought highly of the Heat, and so did I. But uh, I thought two thoughts. One, I thought, okay, the Lakers are going to handle this. And uh, my second thought was that it's just more proof that the, how much better the West is than the East. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's run it by Chris. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com, or give them a call, 801-747-LEES. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he's our friend from Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix with us. Chris, happy Monday. How are you? What's going on, guys? We we're just talking a little bit uh, before you jumped on about the finals and uh, the Heat are still alive, Chris. Superhuman performance from Jimmy Butler, but are how how alive are they still? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think first and foremost, it depends on the health of Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. Uh, you know, I I didn't come away from their availability today feeling all that optimistic of their ability to play. We'll see, I guess. Um, but even if those guys play, I mean, it, it, haven't we been here before with the Lakers where, you know, they lose a game, we wonder if something's wrong, and then they come back and win every other game they need to win. I mean, they have quite literally closed out every series without a loss after their first loss, whether it was losing game one to Portland, game one to Houston, game, what was it, three to the Nuggets. They just went out. Uh, that's I mean, that's just kind of what they've done this postseason. So, I mean, they played horribly in that game uh, last night. I mean, that was as bad as they could possibly play with Davis's foul trouble in the backcourt, not being able to make a shot, and eight turnovers for LeBron. I I can't fathom them playing that poorly again. So, I mean, the the Heat have life, and, you know, good for them for, you know, breathing it back into themselves. But I'm, I'm still betting heavily on the Lakers closing this thing out in, you know, five, maybe six games. Yeah, that's the way I feel, Jake. I don't know. Do you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I, I know, Chris, you've always uh, thought that Jimmy Butler is, is a very, very nice player. Could your opinion change based on what happens in, in this particular set of playoff games? I mean, if he's able to you know, lead this team back, he you know, leaps to a different stratosphere. I mean, that's, you know, that's true superstardom if you can overcome a 2-1 hole and win – you know, four of the next five against the Lakers and LeBron James. I mean, that's 
And that's the stuff legends are made of in a way. Uh, but Jimmy, I mean, the, the only prevailing thought I've had throughout this postseason about Jimmy Butler is how in the hell Philadelphia gave up on him. Like, I just, I don't get it. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, that was a lot of soap opera-like drama. Chicago, there were other reasons. But Philadelphia was, you know, one bounce of a Kawhi Leonard ball from going to the conference finals potentially. And to just walk away from that and not pay Jimmy Butler – I don't get it at all. I mean, you heard LeBron say it yesterday. Jimmy is one of the the best competitors in this league. He's clearly rubbing off on you know young players on that team like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and even Adebayo. I mean, it's it's just remarkable that the 76ers, given the position they're in right now, could have walked away from him. How differently will we view uh, Jimmy Butler after this is all said and done? I don't know how how differently will view him um you know he's he's had a great postseason i mean it's he's just sort of taking you know steps uh in in the direction of of real stardom i mean he's he's a guy that's always going to be an all-star and and i think if you can succeed at this level you become not just an all-star but a player that you can make the tentpole player on a team that can win a championship and as much as that for butler you know this Heat team, even if they lose the next two games, I mean, they've positioned themselves pretty, themselves pretty well for for a long future. I mean, they're going to be players in free agency in 2021, and there's no better, uh, you know, kind of sales pitch to potential free agents than, you know, seeing what's happened this season in the bubble, making uh, making the finals. And Butler's had such a an instrumental role in that. So, I mean, it, you know, they, obviously Miami wants to win this championship, but – uh, I mean, the ripple effects of this postseason for Butler and beyond are, are going to be significant. Maybe it's unfair to ask this question after, as you talked about, LeBron had a, had uh, all those turnovers last night. But have you seen slippage in his game at all? How do you evaluate him against himself? I mean, not really. He's not the superhuman athlete we saw in the Miami years, but he's not that far off. He's a much more committed defender than he's been the last three or four years, and that's a credit to him and you know his willingness to expend more energy on that end of the floor. It, it's obviously incredibly useful having a, a star like Anthony Davis to lean on. I mean, Davis, uh, you know, last night's game notwithstanding, has been brilliant almost all postseason. And, you know, the ability to, to lean on Davis to make plays offensively, to control the glass, to be the physical presence that they need in the paint is certainly very useful for LeBron. But... I mean, he's having, we've said this before, the best age 35 season ever. And, you know, looks like he can probably put together at least two or three more, if not, you know, more than that. So, I mean, he's, you know, we uh, look, we can have the Jordan debate now, I'm, sh- I'm sure. But in two or three years, if LeBron keeps pushing this team deep into the playoffs and into more finals and potentially more championships, which is very much a possibility with this group, uh, you know, he, he might put that, that argument to bed very quickly. You mentioned Philly earlier, Chris. What do you think about Doc as a fit there as head coach? I like it. Uh, I, you know, look, putting aside the X's and O's stuff, and that's clearly important, uh, that locker room needs gravitas. Like, you need somebody there that can, you know, speak to Joel Embiid, speak to Ben Simmons, and, put, and pull them together, and, and that's Doc Rivers. I mean, you could have hired Ty Lue. Maybe he would have done the exact same thing. He's obviously had that experience before. There are other coaches on the market, but Doc Rivers – you know, he's still a championship coach. Is still maybe the most respected coaching voice in this league outside of perhaps Greg Popovich. Uh, you know that that in and of itself, I think, is incredibly valuable to the Sixers to have 
the strongest possible voice in that locker room and 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 just being able to speak to those guys and command their respect right away and that's that's exactly what doc can do so i, I think it's as good a hire as you could possibly make if you're the sixers Chris, and all your comings and goings in the NBA and covering it, have you gotten to know Eric Spolster at all? And do you have any insights on on what makes this guy tick and what makes him such a good coach? Yeah, I know him really well. Um, and, I mean, look, he's his entire coaching sort of blueprint formula, whatever word you want to use, is off of what he learned from Pat Riley. I mean, it's just like he was in the video room. And the only – you know, coaching mantra that he knows is Pat Riley to an extension, Stan Van Gundy, uh, who was a Riley disciple. And that hard-nosed, win-at-all-cost approach has, you know, it bled down on him. He's also obviously incredibly bright. I mean, he's, there's some, you know, coaching in a way is a gift. I mean, so, in some ways, if you, you have sort of an ability to, to understand X's and O's, uh, and you can certainly learn one, but I think there's a lot of, of of a gift to it. And Spolster has that gift. So when you combine that with just a relentless work ethic, uh, it's no surprise he's as successful as he's been. I mean, I, I think Spolstra, even if they lose this series, has entered the pantheon of Popovich and, and very few others as, you know, the best coach in basketball. And you can certainly make an argument that right now, Eric Spolstra is the best coach in basketball. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Chris, it seems to me uh, Kyrie Irving is bored because he's, he's making some comments that have been making waves. Of course, he, he said he's glad to play with Kevin Durant, somebody that can finally make a clutch shot in a big game, which seems crazy to me. But what do you think about what he said about Steve Nash, how Steve Nash isn't really the coach, that they'll all kind of take turns coaching? I thought that was interesting, to say the least. I mean, I've almost become numb to Kyrie since I covered him in Boston for a couple of years. You know, it's this is classic Kyrie. He says something remarkably dumb and then, you know, turns around and blames the media for, you know, talking about it. I mean, this this was not a media podcast. This was a podcast with Kevin Durant, his teammate. Not only does he, you know, inadvertently slight LeBron James by saying Kevin Durant's the one guy that can make shots, he put his coach in in a tough spot right away by saying he's not really the coach it's collaborative effort whether it's kd or jacques vaughn or whoever i mean steve nash is the coach it is important to have a decision maker no team in modern history has ever been successful without having that dynamic i mean frank vogel is unquestionably the head coach in la i mean lebron is the leader on the floor but nobody's questioning what Frank does on the sidelines, play calling, substitution patterns, everything. You know, Kyrie has kind of cast that and thrown that into doubt. And you know, he can blame the media all he wants for it, but he did it. He said it. And, you know, he's going to get to training camp. He's going to get asked about it. They'll probably get real dismissive with reporters that do ask him about it. And it's already a distraction. I mean, they haven't played one game as teammates, and this is already a distraction. So I, I just – I, you know, look, I don't think he's a fundamentally bad guy. I really don't. I've been around him a lot. I just think he says bizarre things, and then he doesn't take any responsibility for him. And this is yet another example. Well, there is at least the potential the Nets could make a, a positive move. Uh, when you look at next season, based on what you know now, Chris, I suppose you would think maybe the Warriors could come back on strong. Is there any other team that you would look at? And I know it's an impossible question, really, because with the, with none of the offseason stuff has really happened yet. But is there a club you would keep your eye on? 
I mean, the Warriors are the most obvious of examples. Uh, I'm very curious to see what they do with that number one pick, whether they keep it and you know draft a James Wiseman or somebody like that, or they trade it. I mean, that's that's the team that makes the most you know, is the most intriguing, and and Brooklyn too, obviously with with what they're piecing together. I mean, other than that, I think there's. I mean, look, we can say Milwaukee, and if they make a deal, I think they will do something to upgrade that roster. To, if for no other reason than it would satisfy Giannis, Chris Paul's name consistently gets tossed out there. Um, but those are the teams I think that are the closest to watch going into next season. Everybody else, you know, and again, next season we're not really sure what it's going to look like. Could we wind up in, you know, bubbles once again? Are there going to be arenas that are open? I mean, next season could be pretty chaotic as it is. I wonder if Boston will bounce back. That's a team you're really familiar with. But everyone keeps expecting them with the talent they have to do to do more. Well, I think one of the most important things for the Celtics is to do nothing this offseason, frankly. I mean, they've had so many significant changes every single year, you know, since, you know, over the last five years. And they kept remarkably making conference finals, which is a credit to those players and the coaching staff. But they need continuity. They need consistency. I mean, you know, it was a year plus ago that they had Al Horford, Aaron Baines in their starting lineup, and Kyrie Irving was their point guard. Now it's Kemba Walker and Daniel Tice. I mean, just keep this group together. Let them play it a full season together and, and you know, flesh it out with, you know, Ennis Cantor types and, and others that, you know, can, you know, help you around the fringes. So I think that's, that to me with the Celtics is, is the most important thing. They don't need to make a big deal to be in the mix for, for at least a conference championship next season. I think they can do that if they just keep this group together and keep growing it organically. Speaking of next season, how difficult will it be to figure everything out to proceed, whether it's, you know, salary cap to free agency to uh, player uh, association, labor relations? I mean, how difficult is that going to be to get going once this bubble is done? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I, I think it's made easier by the fact that Michelle Roberts and Adam Silver have a great relationship that Chris Paul and Adam Silver have a great relationship. Um, I think there's a feeling amongst players and player representatives that Silver's not out to screw them, but Silver works for the owners, and he's got to make the best financial deal possible you know, for ownership. And that means you know, giving, you know, if the players want less than 82 games, it's a haircut coming right off the top of uh, what they're going to, uh, to be making. If, if fans can't be in the buildings, well, Silver's made it clear 40% of, of league revenue comes from, you know, fan generated uh, revenue. So I, I, it's, I think there's the potential for it to go relatively smoothly if everybody's on the same page, but all it takes is one issue to crop up to, to scuttle things. And uh, that's what we watch watching for closely. What issue the NBA players union takes umbrage with early. And if that becomes a sticking point in negotiations. Chris, one last thing for me, and it's uh, our listeners have come to trust what you say, what your opinion is, and I'm sure they would be curious to know whether, well, the old cliche question, if the Jazz were a stock, would you buy or sell moving forward? I'd buy it. Um, you know, Again, it comes down to how you fill out the roster around the guys that are there. And I, I understand the thinking that the Jazz might have a shorter ceiling than other teams. Um, you know, Conley's going to be a year older. Yeah, how much better is Joe Ingles going to be? I mean, how much better are some of the players around Mitchell and Gobert going to be? But just like with Boston, I think there is room for organic improvement. I think Conley's going to be really good next season. I, mean, I think he's going to pick up, you know, kind of where he left off towards the end of 
uh, the regular season pre-pandemic and be a very good player. I think you still get a lot of miles on those tires. Um, and, and I believe there's another level to Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we saw, you know, shades of it in, in the bubble with what he did in that first-round series, and I think there's more to come with Donovan. I think he's that good. I mean, he's constantly compared to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade didn't peak in his early 20s. He peaked in his mid to late 20s. So I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the organic improvement for the Jazz are going to make them a real threat in the Western Conference. But make no mistake, I mean, the Western Conference 1-15 to is going to be brutal next year. I mean, it's, you know, Minnesota projects to be the worst team in the conference, and they're going to have the number one pick in, you know, an all-star in Carl Anthony Towns and, you know, a good player in D'Angelo Russell. I mean, maybe Sacramento's bad, but they still got some good pieces on that team. So, I mean, the Western Conference, you know, every night out is there's no gimmies. And, you know, that, that can certainly affect seeding, which, as we know, affects, you know, how the outcome of every series. Chris, thank you very much as always. We appreciate it and uh, enjoy the rest of the finals. You got it, guys. That's our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, your daily assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. He's buying the Jazz as a stock. All right. Well, I, I agree with him about the Conley thing. I think Conley should be better next year unless, you know, age really catches up with him in a hurry because he was, he was a much better player in the bubble. Yeah, and I know I we talked a lot about that as he got more comfortable with what uh, Quinn Snyder wanted out of him. I thought he was much, much better uh, when the season resumed. Well, now that he knows the ins and outs, now it's just a matter of him staying healthy. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the Jazz are actually able to do. I mean, like I asked him, there's just so much that it has to be figured out before they even start next season. Yeah, all those complications that make – being an NBA fan, so much fun, right? I mean, we talked about it, uh, le- letter of the law, if they just go by basketball-related income, the salary cap could be down 30% next year, 40% next Man. year. That would that would mean the whole league basically started off in the luxury tax. Like, that's that's not an option, right? So how are they going to figure that out? And that, that involves, and I'm with Chris right there, I hope that the, the continuity between the league and Michelle Roberts and Chris Paul continues because it's going to have to or else, it, you know, <laughs> we're going to be waiting a while for next year. How would, you, how would you like to be a free agent this off season and been waiting for it and planning on it and you've been charting what other people have been getting and then you got this? Uh, just the worst timing ever. I mean, and then uh, juxtapose it with the the players that became free agents when the the cap went up fifteen yeah. <laughs> percent when the the uh, the new TV uh, TV deal kicked in. Remember that? Where you know, like, uh, oh, who was the guy who signed Nicholas Batum? Remember that? Mm-hmm. He signed yep. like a twenty five million dollar a year contract just because yeah. that money was burning a hole in Charlotte's oh. pocket. Anybody who didn't sign for at least twenty five million a year was, you know, <laughs> something was wrong with them. In fact, it's funny you say that because George Hill didn't sign for $20 million a year or more, and as a result, he fired his agent. Remember that? (laughs) He's like, you can't get me paid in this environment? You're gone, pal. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, now it's just terrible timing. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to figure out a way. They can't go traditional letter of the law. They're going to have to throw out the CBA and figure something else out. But how – how contentious is that figuring something else out? Yeah, and I wonder how our average listener takes this kind of discussion, considering the hardship that uh, that everyone in the public and, and NBA fans 
a little more specifically, have faced uh, this year because of uh, unforeseen events. You know, I mean, it's just like everyone has had it. Uh, well, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people have had it rough. And so I don't know how many people are crying for NBA players. Yeah, so. yeah. which appendage would you not <laughs> sacrifice to be an NBA free agent this year? Six four six three six. I don't know how much public sentiment's going to matter. Because here, here's the problem is that somebody's got to fit the bill. Somebody's got to the, – the, the lost revenue, so that's got to come out of somebody's pocket. And the owners aren't going to fit the bill for all of the lost revenue. Which, uh, compared to baseball, right now that's the agreement going on in baseball that the owners are, are going to cover the entire uh, bill for lost revenue. But that's going to ensure a work stoppage because that's not going to be the way it is. So the, the, the players and the owners are, have got to come together and say, listen, we're, we're going to have to share the burden of this lost revenue in a way. Let's agree on how best to do it and how much each side has to sacrifice because right now it can't be an all or nothing type of thing well that's an interesting way that you put it because if the players and the players association look forward to sharing all the profits are they just as willing to share the liabilities right and, and that's going to be the fundamental issue that all the sports leagues are going to have to deal with after this year they're all going to have to to figure it out because right now they're you know these leagues are just kind of pushing it through and doing what they can because they have to but it's still not going to make up even close to all the revenue they were normally they would normally make or were planning on rate, uh, on making so whose pocket does that money come out of i don't you know i wonder if this will change the way business is done even in the good years that some, you know, you got to plan for some unforeseen event that could end up costing you a bunch of money, you know? And sometimes people could use that as an excuse not to want to spend more or share more. But, man, I don't, you know, heaven forbid another pandemic happens anytime soon. I mean, I, this has been, this been such a weird year that it's enough to make you a little paranoid. All right, we'll get to uh... – uh, some highlights from Coach Sataki's media availability earlier today. That's coming up right around the corner. We're live from Stonehaven Dental, their West Valley location, 4577 South, 40th West. They do have locations all up and down the Wasatch Front, though, uh, so there's definitely one close to you. Log on to StonehavenDental.com, and you can book your appointment with convenient web scheduling. And they've got a great deal going on right now for Zone listeners. You can get a free exam and x-ray once you schedule your appointment. And if you do it before December 1st, you also get free fluoride treatments. So uh, a lot of value going on right now. And uh, you, they want you to know, yes, they're taking uh, things very seriously. It is safe to go to the dentist. Uh, they're open with convenient locations and hours. And uh, they have a variety of ways. You know, Gordon, you mentioned some financial concerns that people have out there in, in today's day and age. They are very understanding of, of that, and they have very flexible payment options, and they've got a bunch of them. So don't be afraid to reach out and uh, find out what Stonehaven Dental can do for you and your family. StonehavenDental.com is that website again, StonehavenDental.com. Highlights from Coach Sataki coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Because I'm from a small town, so the Sitting clear, drinking beer on a Friday night. Every country girl's got on a cut off, shaking her head, taking a trip, but he tell me I'm a liar. 
Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Just talking a little politics with Austin there during the break. Uh, we are live today at Stonehaven Dental in West Valley. Uh, come on out and see us, uh, 4577 South, 40th West. Uh, but log on, Stonehaven, uh, stonehavendental.com. Make an appointment. They've got a lot free right now, free exam and X-ray and free fluoride treatment as well. So uh, log on, stonehavendental.com. Gordon, uh, should we play some clips from uh, Kalani today? You ready to roll? Let's do it. All right. Uh, he was made available via Zoom to the media today. And I uh, thought we'd play a few cuts for you. Here's uh, what uh, Coach expects from Texas San Antonio this week. We'll have to see who's going to take the snaps, you know. Uh, but I think we have to prepare for all of them. They're, they're as an offense. They, they want to establish the run game. They have a really good back, big old line, big tight ends that can block. And so um, really for us, it's, I think, trying to get them to not be as balanced as they are will be, will be the challenge, you know, and trying to minimize the run game and, and trying to establish our presence up front is going to be the key. But to give them a lot of credit, I think I think well-coached team. And, and you can see some of the things they got. They got momentum. I think last week, if they had their quarterbacks, the starter was out before the game, and then their backup went in and got hurt in the first play. You just don't prepare for any of that stuff. But we've been there, you know, and, and we've seen that. But the way that they're able to rally and still be competitive and have a chance to win the game, I think it came down to them getting the ball back at the end, but they roughed the punter. It shows you their aggressiveness on trying to win the game. So... Well-coached team, aggressive team, and looking forward to the matchup. I think they'll they'll come in ready, and they'll give us their best shot. We just need to make sure that we give them ours. O-line, they're big O-line, and they, they use a tight end in the system. So uh, I think, you know, running back gets a, gains a lot of yards, has good vision. So we're going to have to be on top of our game. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the things that we can control is us being fundamentally sound and, and learning our assignments and make sure that we keep improving on our technique. And so that's the, that's the focus. I'm not really worried about strength of schedule and all that stuff. All I care about right now and all we care about as a team is focusing on this game and making sure that we're, you know, at our best and correct some of the things that we saw that, that we can improve on and play tough football. That's what we're going to plan on trying to do on Saturday. Coach mentioned uh, Texas San Antonio's uh, being well coached. Their head coach, Jeff Trailer, is going to be on our show coming up tomorrow at four. Gordon, so quick plug there. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that in listening to Kalani when he said those things, it's just it's the perfect attitude for him to have because you and I talked about the schedule earlier. He has no control over that. All he can do is prepare his team to be the best they could be every week. And as you heard him break down uh, this opponent, it, he's taking it very seriously. And that's that's what he should do because that sets the tone for all his players. You can't tell me his players don't know about the schedule. They know. They know what they're up against. But, man, they gotta they got to prepare like they're going up against USC and uh, Oregon every week. And in order to get the best out of themselves, because they don't want to blow their own toes off. They don't want to play less than what they are. And I think Kalani is setting a perfect tone for his players. Well, as far as Texas San Antonio goes, Gordon, they are three and one. They beat uh, Texas State week one, 51 to 48 in double overtime. Stephen F. Austin, 24 to 10 in week two. Middle Tennessee, 37, 35 in week three in week three. And then this past weekend, they lost Alabama, Birmingham, twenty-one to thirteen. So three and one, but uh, let's just say they haven't played a real terrific schedule either. I will repeat that BYU is a thirty-two and a half point favorite. 
Yeah, there's probably uh, a pretty good the reason The players that. know that. Not, not, I'm not suggesting that they are gambling on the game, but they know what the lines are. They they, they know. And so for, for Kalani to get the best out of his players, regardless of who the opponent is, that's something worth respecting. And if BYU continues doing what it's been doing in the past, that's something, if you're looking for elements for respect, uh, I think that's a very good place to start for this team. All right, here's Coach talking about how he's not interested in the outside noise, good or bad. I'm not really worried about that. Just trying to, like I said before, just trying to focus on uh, getting done this week and, and, and getting things accomplished, you know, and, and proving as a team. I've asked the players not to worry about that, not to look at the, uh, the, the, the media attention that we get. We, we don't worry about it before the season. Why worry about it during? And so trying to keep our team focused. We have a, a good mature group, a veteran group. So we're looking forward to these guys leading the way. And, and I'm excited to see how we, you know, go into game four and then, and, and um, how we improve as a team. So that's the focus, not really focused on anything else, but that just trying to stay humble as a team and then stay hungry and on things that we need to accomplish. We have a lot to prove still. We don't need to talk about ourselves. Let everybody else do it, whether it's positive or negative, let everyone else talk about it. We got to get things done. And I'm asking our players not to worry about what's being said out there. There's positive and negative things being said. Just focus on this game and focus on getting better. And that's all That's all I care about. I mean, that's there's no balance. The balance is you guys keep it balanced on what you say, you know, and we just focus on what we're trying to get done. Not saying that we don't listen to you guys. We appreciate what you guys do for promoting BYU football, but we're focused on the game. We're not focused on reading stuff about the past things that we've done. Uh, all I care about is, you know, when you talk to Zach, it, I just talked to him walking through the hallways. He, he's already moved on to the next game. Stop patting him on the back we, we get enough, enough of that already we we celebrate and dance in the locker room after we win after we leave it's, it's back to business grade the film and get better again the right the, the the right attitude jake i mean he is hitting the right note and we'll see if his team continues to respond except that was how long was that clip austin a minute 21 of pure bs Coach speak. <laughs> what do you mean he struck the right tone? He didn't say anything. <laughs> no, he didn't he say sang, a single thing in a minute and 21. The, the, he sang to keep out the, the, the praise and the negativity, both. He, and to focus could, on the task at hand. That's, he, that's the right thing to say. He could have said we're taking it one game at a time over and over and over again for a minute 21, and it would have conveyed the same message. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I'm listening to that, thinking to myself, "Wow, Coach Speak is still it's, it's, alive it's, and well." It's, yeah, but it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. That's what this team is is uh, is charged with this year. Of course, it's true. They're, That's they're why it's gonna, Coach Speak. They're probably not going to play a single team that is. Uh, they're not the favorite, and I'm including oh. Boise State at this rate. I mean, the uh, uh, players know these things. The players know when people are saying to them, "Hey, man, nice game." Uh, you're you're really great. You're good, man. It's saying to the quarterback, oh, man, you're the next great BYU quarterback. Saying to the offensive line, you're the best offensive line they've had there in years. Saying to the defensive line, man, Kyrus, you're headed to the league. You know, you guys are great. We're just trying to play football because we're a football team, and that's what football <laughs> teams do. They play football. So Jake, we are focused Jake, on the sport Jake. of football and footballing to our best abilities at these all are, times. And nobody, are... nobody's opinion outside of this football team will stop us from footballing this football, football, football. These guys are 20 years old. All right, in some cases, 25. But, but they're, they're young men. 
who sometimes get a little lost in in what they're doing. You even see professional players that do that on occasion. So I, I, I think Kalani is saying the right things. He's saying the things that his team needs to hear. Everybody knows that BYU is better than who they're going to play this week. No, no. Well, the the question wasn't that. The question was about the attention his team gets. Right. I know, but it's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, You're great. You're greater than they are. Okay, wait a second. Instead of processing that and allowing myself to believe it, I've got to believe that, uh, hey, this is a real challenge for me. I'm going to go out and have to play my best in order to give my team what it needs to win. Also, if I I may, this is also a team that is largely the same as the team that last year lost to teams that they had no business losing to. And so maybe Kalani is looking at it going, eh, maybe I shouldn't let my guys think they're all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But it is a very coach thing to do. So what do you want? <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, so what do you want him to say? <laughs> I don't know. These guys uh, suck. We should, If we don't beat them by 10 touchdowns, then there's something wrong with us. I should be fired. How about, how about <laughs> it's great to get some attention for my program? My program? Uh, you know, Kalani answering the question when they say, what do you think about all the you know media attention? Well, you know, it's really great to get some attention for my program. Next question. He kind uh, of threw that see, in I there. I don't see how that's any better than what he said. It's much shorter to start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, you don't understand why. I remember talking to various players on that 2004 Utah team. And everybody knew they were going to be good. Everybody expected them to be the better team every week. And I remember the attitude of the players and the coaches on that team, and they had that right attitude. They struck the right note. Even before the season started, I remember talking to a number of the players, and they it, 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 it would have made you sick, Jake to listen to the answers, but they were absolutely right. And I'll be daggone if they didn't go out and have that attitude before every game and then go out and prove it. That's how okay. you go undefeated. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, it's just, uh, it's remarkable. The coaches. Darn can, radio commentator. That, that coaches can say so many words and not say anything at all. And, and I think the, the philosophy is if I talk long enough, people are going to, th- people are going to absolutely think I know what I'm talking about. No, because he is, he does know what he's talking about because that's exactly what he should say. What about, what about all the crappy teams and coaches that say we're taking it one game at a time? Well, they, they have to take it one game at a time because it, they might get wiped out if they but, don't. But that philosophy is just going to win. BYU would just win by one touchdown instead of six. Yeah, but you're crediting Utah's undefeated season with their one game at a time mentality. I'm talking about what about the crappy teams that have one game at a time mentality? It's not working well, for them. No, because they're not good enough. But that's the point. You are good enough. So who's so to say that that so don't, so don't betray yourself. If somebody on that 04 Utah team had said, oh, man, we're going to mop the floor with everybody, you don't think they would have gone undefeated? Oh, uh, that's how you get beat. That's how you get beat. You show up thinking, oh, we're going to win no matter what we do, no matter how much preparation or lack thereof we put in the week before. See, I think they don't win because they don't play well. Well, yeah, but sometimes the one can – can uh, be the the birther of the of the second. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. 
Man, I'm I'm turning into a coach, aren't I? I no, I no, no. Like I just coach. listen to me. I'm in I'm in there. Yeah, one game at a time makes perfect sense to me. That is well, perfect attitude. You're soaking up the coach speak. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Oh, like BYU's not going to lose to any of these teams, regardless of how Kalani would have answered that question exactly. Yeah, but you still got to go out and show everybody what you got. Okay. It's still a beauty pageant. Well, I'm not BYU saying goes out and wins by three or seven points every week against this schedule. No, the only thing, the only way they can prove themselves is by absolutely slaughtering everybody. Okay. Well, why does it, he could say that? You know, he could talk about that. He could say he could include something of substance in his answer, but instead, it's just you know. I think let me see how many cliches I can fit. Okay. <laughs> Do you, yes. Can we have to play it again? Uh, uh, you can play it again because I'm telling you, that's what the players need to hear. Oh, okay. And I but he wasn't it. talking to the players. Hearing. He wasn't talking to the players. Well, so, so what do you want him to say? Something different to the media than he says to his players? Sure. I told you what I thought he should say. <laughs> Answer the question. Wow, I'm what happy that we're receiving so much attention. Awesome. <laughs> Next question. I hope this gets me a raise. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. Not Sports Port is next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Because I'm from a small town, so the drop crown, sipping clear, drinking beer on a Friday night. Every country girl got on a cutoff, shaking her hips, take a trip, buddy, tell me I'm alive. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850. And you'll win his own prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. We're live here at Stonehaven Dental. We're at their West Valley location. Uh, 4577 South 40th West. Feel free to come on by and say hello. Uh, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going across the pond to uh, England. And uh, <laughs> this first story is too much. If you had a parrot, Jake, would you teach it words? That's tough for me because I've never, ever wanted to have a pet bird. So I don't know if that's something I've ever even considered. Oh, well, would you I think, think that you're would not be... a parrot head, huh? That, it seems to me like it would, some people might think it's kind of comical to teach them profanities. Uh-huh. And knowing you the way I do, I figured you'd be one of those people. I, I would find it funny. But then again, I wouldn't want to spend the rest of my life with some bird screeching the <laughs> dirty words at me. That doesn't sound good. Didn't we have a, a story about a guy who had, like, parrots in his pants or something? Yeah. Ah, well, l- 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 let me tell you about this story here. Uh, apparently, a British zoo had five parrots, five parrots donated to the zoo from five different owners. And they put them together in the parrot, uh, what do you call that thing, (laughs) display or whatever. 
And the parrots, but before they did that, they quarantined them because they have to make sure that they're okay. They're not going to spread any kind of parrot, uh, you know, disease of any kind to one another. I think it's called bird so flu. They, right. So they put them in quarantine together, and then they put them out on display. And apparently they were swearing at all the kids as the kids would come to the zoo to look at the parrots. Wow, That's and they come. They they came to find. They come to find out that the five the five of them when they were put together, they taught each other the different profanities that each of them knew. And so, and I'm sure they taught them other words too. But when they put them on display, the people were walking by and they were telling them beep 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 beep. All five of these parrots. And they were parroting one another, hmm. you know. So, in other words, you wouldn't get just one f bomb; you'd get five. In like working with you. <laughs> oh man, what a disaster! To, uh, yeah. It, 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 let's see. He, the the uh, zookeeper said that uh, that the whole display just went ballistic. They were all swearing. We were concerned about the kids, and so they decided that they needed to separate them and try and uh, train them not to say those words. They didn't just wash their beaks out with soap. (laughs) Did your mom do that to you, Austin? No, but my uh, in-laws used Tabasco on on my siblings' in-law. Really? Yeah, hot sauce. Do they feel pretty good about that? They actually backfired. They all really, really like spicy food now, so it didn't really work out so well. <laughs> what and did then, you What did you do, Gordon, as a parent? The belt? No, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. What? I, what, what? If one of the the gals uh, uttered a dirty word, what was your response? I found out. I found out that uh, my wife, on I think on one occasion, uh, did use some soap on one of my daughters. Okay. But I don't think that was a pattern because I'm not into torturing my kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's well, some it, judgment here. Do you have to use the bar <laughs> soap or can you use like the dials, you know, the, 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 some the liquid, liquid uh, soap? Liquid soap. Does uh, that yeah, work too? Anything but the foam. That's a, the that's a no-no. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. So uh, my second story is also from Britain. Ugh. Apparently a library – got two books returned to it 48 years after their original due date. A, someone sent them the books and said, oops, sorry. They were Thomas. You ever heard of Thomas the Tank? Yes, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thomas the Tank Engine. Right. Apparently, they were two of those books. And they had them for their kids. They took checked them out. And then they moved and they took them with them. And uh, this guy, the, the the note that sent the, that was sent with the books back to the library, was signed by Andy. It said, "quote We inadvertently took these with us when we moved. Please accept uh, my apologies for the late return of these items." Signed Andy. And the library said that the late fees for the books would have totaled eleven thousand dollars by the current rates, 
but the facility put a moratorium on late fees in April due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, is that why he doesn't know the fee? You know what I would have would have done is is taken those books, Gordon, very carefully, <laughs> thrown them into the garbage. <laughs> well, the library said we didn't really want the fees. Uh, quote: Fortunately, we're just happy to see them again. Uh, okay. So, yeah, we'd ra- much rather have these forty-year-old books that have passed through fifty-eight right. different people's families than eleven thousand dollars. And are no, falling apart. In one and family we, all these years, and, and, and that we long ago replaced. Now, yeah, but now they're <laughs> classics. But I, it's not. They, first of all, they probably weren't the first family to ever check them out. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. All right. Again, well, I, I would recommend to this family you just you just grab those books, extend your arm, and drop them right <laughs> into the garbage can. Save See? yourself the postage. Hmm. No, don't tell me no. you, you're mailing back those books if you're in that same circumstance. That's not happening. I don't know. I thought that was sort of a noble thing for him to do. No, now they've and... got his address, and if they're ever hard up for cash, they might change their mind. Right. And you know well, what? No, actually, this is brilliant. I am going to start mailing my garbage to the library. <laughs> I am absolutely going to start doing that. You are such a libertarian. I'm going to box up my garbage. And and send it right there to the county library. Uh, location. Why would you drop it through the night deposit? <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you do that? That's what this guy did. <laughs> no, he yes. sent two very valuable books, classics, back to the library. Pretty well, sure. Now he that's... didn't. He didn't. You'll notice in his note, he didn't offer to pay anything. He just said, "Please accept my apology." I'm pretty sure that a couple of 40-year-old editions of Thomas the Tank Engine are not valuable books. No way they were in mint condition. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'd say there's a really Dog good probably chance chewing on it. that the library they used it as the parrot cage bottom for a couple of years there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got but one I'm, other I'm story good. here uh, I wanted to run by you. Uh, have you ever heard of Hell, Michigan? No. There's a town called Hell. Okay. Does it freeze over in the winter? Uh, it probably does. It's offering a chance to be, quote, mayor of hell for one day by renting out a specially outfitted lair at an Airbnb. So you can become, you can claim that you were the mayor of hell. Hmm. Okay. Kind of clever. Wonder if my ex-wife will apply. Bada bing. <laughs> I wonder if uh, hell. Right. I wonder if hell has a library I can mail my garbage to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Jake, you, you already are the mayor of hell. You don't stay have to tuned. go to Michigan. <laughs> the big show. Uh, we've got Tanner Mangum coming up right around the corner. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on BYU, what they did over the weekend, how Zach Wilson is playing. That's coming oh, up straight ahead. We're live from Stonehaven Dental, 4577 South, 40th West. Uh, They've got a great offer for Zone listeners right now. You can get a free exam and an x-ray. And if you book before December 1st, you'll get a free fluoride treatment as well. You need to get online, stonehavendental.com. They have 10 locations, so there's one close to you. And uh, they're really easy to make appointments. They can uh, oftentimes do same-day appointments and same-day treatment even. So if you've been putting it off, uh, don't. They've got a great deal going on. 
right now. Stonehaven Dental, 4577 South, 40th West. Tanner Mangum, straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? 